0: Yo, I'm Shay Serrano. And I'm Brandon Jinx Jenkins. We have a new show called No Skips with Jinx and Shay. in it. We discuss
1: the most unskippable albums in hip hop history. New episodes drop on Thursdays, only on Spotify. 18-plus in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents
0: Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast.
1: Chicago everywhere, check it. Check, it, check, it, check it. What up, world? You're listening to
0: the Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by the Ringer, a Spotify original.
1: Yeah. What episode is this? Yeah, Jesse's laughing. At me episode again. 38. It's episode 38. Jesse, Jesse's getting a, he's getting like a crash course in the, in the maniacal, ridiculous brain that is uh, the Full Goal podcast. Jason Goff. That's who I am. This is episode 38. Welcome on in. Uh, you already know the the proper's right. Shout out to The Ringer, of course, and Spotify is the gang. I am in a, a really decent mood this evening. And no, if you're asking, no, that's that's going to happen later. But if you're really, really trying to figure out why I'm in a decent mood, I woke up this morning. That's always a great way to start the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, now keep these vibes going, man. Fuck these bears. I'm not about to let them do this tonight, you know? So, yeah. I woke up this morning, got yourself a gun. No, no. And, uh, you know, you <laughs> know. Oh, God, I, I appreciate it. By the way, we had to take a Sopranos break in this house. I, I, we, got to, we got to season five, episode like eight or nine, and, and Pia just looked at me one night, and she was like, I'm kind of Sopranoed out. And I'm like, what? You don't like watching two episodes a night for every single night, you know, for 25 nights in a row? You don't like the monotony and the routine that is us ending our nights with a murder and murder? May- him and a, a little hilarity by my guy, Pauly? Like, you don't, you don't want that?
0: Yeah, we just started it here. I got her. I got my wife finally watching it. She started watching a little bit last year, but I finally got her. She's in. She's committed right now. She's oh, like, and I'm just having deja vu because I remember you were telling me when you got to the Richie April scenes and now she's like, oh. man, like
1: Richie is just Satan himself. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <He> truly is. <laughs> like, like, you know Beansy wasn't a great guy, right? I mean, for God's sakes, he's doing what he's doing, you know? But The fact that you looked at a mobster and you were like, damn, I really feel bad for this guy. That just lets you know how awful a person Richie Aprio was. And then on top of it, no one ever took Richie to the mall. Like, that man wore exactly what he went in with. For for the entirety of the time that you saw him till he died, I was trying to explain that to my wife because she's like, "Well, it doesn't make sense that
0: Janice and Richie are a thing." I was like, "Yeah, they're the same age," and she's like, "Well, Richie just feels so much older." I was like, "Yeah, that's because they have him in his same wardrobe as it, the day he went in because they're uh, true to character and every detail matters on the show, and that's why he seems like he's older. Like that's why, <laughs> yeah, the little details that that's why. Oh, so she, so she's lots. she's in, so she's in. But yeah, any anything yeah. anything to do to uh, to avoid watching these damn Bears, (laughs)
1: fans. See, that's the thing. Do you see how much fun we've had for the last, I don't know, uh, six minutes and 55 seconds, right? Like I said, woke up this morning, right? And yeah, there you go. Insert your joke, because I know everybody in their car right now is like, look, Teddy did it twice. Let me jump in. So yeah, you can do it right now, too. But woke up this morning. I did it again, damn it. And (laughs) I said, I'm going to go play basketball. I'm going to go see some some dudes I haven't seen in a while. You know, there was a it was a West Side game that was on the South Side. Shout out to D and everybody. It was fun. Right. And it was from nine to eleven. So I knew at eleven o'clock, Chris Tannehill, that my day, my work day kind of would start. I'd, I'd go home, take a shower, get ready to watch the Bears, maybe find something to eat. As the day started, although mid-morning or early morning started to turn into the afternoon, Chris Tannehill, I did something that you never find brothers like myself doing. The next crew from 11 to 1, I was like, Hey guys, can I play basketball with y'all? Cause ain't no reason. In, ain't, there's no reason for me to race home. The Chicago Bears have landed in DVR hell. That's, hey, when I get to the Bears, is when I get to them. This is no longer must see, must tweet, gotta be on the same vibes as everyone else. Have to feel every emotion that you might be feeling. Cause guess what? Ain't no damn emotion. There is no emotion about this team. Apathy is way worse than anger. And that's what everybody is right now. I feel that, man. a fan base. Yeah, there's a fan base to send them in a cut like, wait a minute. y'all got one extra by the way the NFL shout out to y'all for giving the Bears another game for people to not watch this year like this is bad this is bad. You were saying, Chris, before I, you know, tell the people why I'm not going to let it ruin my day, nor this pod. Well, usually, you know, if you remember,
0: because you, you did this gig before, you know, after producing afternoons on the score. And so Bears games are a big deal. You you know, I, yeah. lo- I log the games. You know, I, I roll on the computer as I'm watching the game, take my notes, mark spots. And it was a competent crew today. Our guy Adam Amin and Mark who yeah. I enjoy Schlereth. I, I like stinking what he brings to the table. Yeah.
1: So you're like, he brings enough for that, like, (laughs) Like, That, that crusty football like cliche stuff hits you with some knowledge but hasn't you know has a has a different different kind of edge to him as well like he's he's everything that you want in a, in a in a in a decent broadcaster if you're looking for all right the breakdowns or looking for him to be a character or looking for him to be like esque at times he's got everything
0: you need and he's up enough on pop culture stuff movies in the last 25 years or so, right. so that, that's well, all you that's all you know. that's key, that's <laughs> yeah, key. exactly that's so key. but i'm just yeah. like you know a few minutes late like i had the game on but i wasn't logging it. it wasn't taking notes like yeah. I normally do and I was like you know what what, what's the point if I miss like 10 minutes of note taking on this game what are they going to say what are they going to say at this point like you know Matt Nagy's still out there coaching the team the offense is still no damn good like well no. you know the people are still you know booing and, and chanting fire Matt Nagy it's oh, the man. same game over and over again what, it is. what's going to change like no one can sugarcoat this thing you know I don't I don't care the best analysts in the world cannot tell me anything new about this team that we don't already know you know no. it's you know, and that's what the benefit of them talking to the the coaches and players during the week. It's just the same damn game over and over again, man. Danny, the the worst part is
1: ain't too many players that I want to know more about. Like, like, at this point, too, like, of course, you want to see Justin Fields get in there, at least get a couple games back under his belt before he goes into an off season, something to actually give him a launching pad, a little baseline foundation to, to, to try to take his games to the next level this offseason. But, yeah, I, I, as I look around... Who's going to be here? I don't even... I don't even, this is the thing, I don't even want to play the, the guy more than a guy, a dude game that I used to play, right? Like, who's a guy, who's a little bit more than a guy, who's the dudes? Like, right now, the dudes have separated themselves, and that's what happens on bad teams. I, if you're a Bears fan that wants to see some really, really unfortunate stuff, go back to the fourth quarter and, and, and see what was happening on some of those James Conner runs. A lot of dudes sticking to the ground like Velcro. A lot of dudes who who understand that what just happened a couple of weeks ago with the breaking news that wasn't news. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of dudes to kind of pull the old release valve, you know, three, two, one Cancun type shit. And all you got to do. And 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 I'm not speaking out of turn because Alex Brown and Lance Briggs and Olin Krutz mentioned the same things on the football after show here in the, in the city. Right. Like so. All you gotta do is is look around and see who really gives a damn and if guys wearing the orange and blue really don't give a damn, guess what fam I'm about to fire up jumpers in Taylor park that's what I'm gonna do you know i i I even hit my lady I was like yo i'm a, I'm gonna stay a little bit longer you know how you as a kid you used to call your moms and be like, hey uh." Chris want to know if I can stay over at his house a little bit longer, eat food with his family and maybe spend the night if I'm a good boy. That's what Chris want to know. You want to talk to Chris? I did my homework. <laughs> I did my homework mom, I promise. There's nothing right, right. There, there was no homework, actually. I There's there nothing to do. I'm fine. See, that's a very different reaction. See, look at that. Ladies and gentlemen, it is great to be white. You, did you hear? <laughs> did you hear the way Chris can talk to his parent and say, look, I did my homework like I promised? No. Mine would be <laughs> Chris don't live here. I don't give a shit what chris wants you to do you bring your ass home because we didn't talk about this prior now get your ass home immediately in <laughs> fact and don't stay for the delicious dinner that they have prepared for you at that grand table get your ass home
0: we had a street, you know the street the street light rule was in effect on my block Yeah. And so yeah. that that's that's usually rule of thumb and anything yeah. beyond that you were you were really you were, you were you were putting the things in jeopardy at that point if you tried to push your luck past <laughs> the, when the lights are going on that i you know i don't know what to do for you but yeah we usually we were, we were in a good
1: spot Think about like how, what kids can't do these days, right? Like now here in this city, shit. (laughs) Like what would you let your kid
0: do? (laughs) Any any of the things that we used to do, would you let your kid do any of those things? None.
1: That's why I told my mom and dad, like there's a, there's, it's a miracle that I made it. Like, like, like I was taking the train with, 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 with Tara and Yancey, my, my, my mom's, uh, uh, friends' kids. I was taking a train with them when I was like seven years old, going back and forth to school. Dog, I, I would not let Jace walk around the corner right now. <laughs> so like, yeah, no, street lights <laughs> All right, player. <laughs> you better have your ass in here when the mail is delivered. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I hit my lady. And I was like, yo, I'm going to stay out a little bit longer. I played with guys, you, ne- you know, I never played with before, which is always festive because it's always dudes trying to show you who they are. And then all of a sudden I got one of the young Thundercats, you know, says he, he's like, yeah, that's for you and the motherfucking TV man over there. I was like, oh, okay. You watch the game. Good. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate your support. You know, but yeah, I'm out here hooping with with the young Thundercats falling from the rafters, dunking everything. I'm not, but they are. And I'm running up and down, feeling good. I'm getting a good sweat in. You know, my dad hit me up. I forgot to hit him back. By the way, dad, if you're listening to this, my bad. It just slipped my mind. But, uh, you know, he hits me up. You know, we talked for a little bit. Right. It was his birthday a couple of days ago. Happy belated birthday, dad. But like, man, yeah. I am not about to race home to watch the Chicago damn Bears. Why would I do that? So finally made it home around 1230, somewhere around there, fired up the old DVR, and immediately an interception was thrown. (laughs) Immediately. I couldn't sit down before Andy Dalton was like, yo, where the other team at? (laughs) Y'all, team meetings, I love throwing into those. (laughs) And then, of course, you know, you get the tip tip passes and all this, but yeah, man, where's my man Lawrence Holmes? Like, he went off on Twitter about it, and he should, and we all should, but I'm done going off, right? I may I may go off in two weeks when, because, you know, that fatigue sets in and then all of a sudden you find something in that emotional reservoir, that dark, dirty football hell that is Bears fandom, right? you, I'll find it. But nah, I, Lawrence went off, yo, this is the guy that y'all wanted? By the way, I love, like, in the middle of the game where the Bears employ the, oh, shit, we can't throw the ball game plan, and they just remember that they got one of the better running backs in the backfield. David Montgomery has to beg to get the football. He got the ball, what, 21 times today for 90-some-odd yards? He caught eight passes for 50 yards, and I'm sitting there like, man, Justin Fields really could have used this guy. And I know he was hurt for a lot of it, but Khalil Herbert was running his ass off. Do you know how mad I'm going to be at the end of this season as a Bears fan when I find out that we have maybe one of the best one-two punches in the NFL at the running back position in Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery going forward? That's why I don't even want to play guy more than a guy and dude, because they ain't got enough dudes. Give me James Daniel Darnell Mooney, David Montgomery, Roquan Smith and Jalen Johnson, and you can have the rest of them. You can have the rest of them. I'm cool. And there's no shade to them. This is what they put on film. The entire unit, the entire organization, the entire franchise. I'm not about to race home and ruin my Sundays anymore. I'll get to you because I know the job. I know the gig. Dollar Bill Simmons hit me up after the Bulls game. I was like, yo, this is going to be fire for the pod." I'm like, you get it. You get it. <laughs> You're not one of these idiots that think all you have to do is beat your, 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 your clientele over the head with sad ass Bears news all the time. That's why this first segment is fun. You hear it in my voice. I'm, I had a ball today. My mom bought me a Farragun, you know, for my birthday. Messed around and got everything. The quads, the glutes opened up my hips. Feel great right now. You know, did work earlier, you know, a little halftime delight. You know, it was a good day. It was a good day. I got my man Cap cursing on TV you know did, did you see this Ted <laughs> no
0: I was listening I was listening to the scores postgame show where a guy called and said that whoever invented the bear raid siren should be fired so I missed the postgame show the football after show at NBC Sports Chicago cap is out here dropping bombs on these kids dude cap was like
1: like he said something to the uh, to the effect of like show some goddamn passion and I was like I was like oh there it is look at cap igniting all of Lombard with one vocal inflection you know what I mean like, like, that's what it is, dog. Like, yeah, Cap, Cap, you know, but that's authentically Cap. Cap is angry about the Bears, and that's fine.
0: Angry oh. Cap is one of my favorite things in, in, the, in the media landscape, especially when he goes in on the Cubs. Like, Cubs oh. and Bears, like, when he starts going in, you know it's from the heart.
1: Poetry. Yeah, it's poetry. <laughs> it, it is. It's poetry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because just lay the, lay the salt down because the weather's about to change when, when Cap <laughs> is a little angry. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, listen, and everybody's doing That's the other thing, too, Tanny. I think everybody's playing this thing exactly the way they should. I don't need Matt negative, screaming, yo, for what, bro? For what? Ain't no club dubs. You're not dancing around anymore, right? The guys that you have picked to man your offense have been terrible. OK, the guys that you and Ryan Pace have conferred about and sat down and said, this is what we need to make this thing look like Kansas City, to make you the next Andy Reid, to make you the next Sean McVay, to make everybody understand that Chicago is no longer a place that's going to be bereft of offense. Here's what you need. Here's Nick Foles. Here's Andy Dalton. Right. Ooh, some of the, 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 this is, here's Mitch Trubisky. Here, here, we're going to trade up. Here's Mitch Trubisky. He's a guy with 13 college starts, but damn it, he could be Drew Brees for you. Are you ready to be Sean Payton? I don't need any of that. I don't need the rah-rah anymore. Just like Jalon Johnson said, yo, that rah-rah shit is dead. You're four and eight. You're four and eight. Now get to selling me that Arlington Heights is gonna be a better experience. Don't worry about the football. Play the, play the, you know, play the play the shiny object trick. All right, don't worry about the football. Come watch this, right? You're going to feel like Golden State Warriors fans a couple of years ago when everybody was fucking hurt and you had to watch Eric Pascal at the new billion and a half dollar Chase Arena. You know, you got people from Silicon Valley sitting on the court side like, wait a damn minute. <laughs> you mean to tell me <laughs> Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson in his prime and, and Draymond Green in his prime played here and I paid for these seats and I get to watch Eric Pascal? Shout out to Eric Pascal. But I mean, yeah, that's that's the, that's the next project. Like the organization has moved past, you know, worried about what's on the field. The next project is selling you this stadium and selling you what what you what you should be looking forward to not on the field. Because it's, it's, it's more than bad right now. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting. Right. James Daniels. I forgot to mention him. James Daniels, one of the guys, one of the dudes. But yeah, man, I don't know about y'all, but I'm not about to sit around here worried about the Bears every every Sunday anymore. I love the Chicago Bears. I've I've been born into this, but no longer do I, like, you know what it is? It's it's growing up and having adult conversations with the adults in your family or the the, the parents in your your parents, right? You look at your parents go, you know, I'm 41, right? I don't really have to do anything you say, but I love you and I will. That's how I feel about the Bears. I've been doing this for 41 years. I don't have to be here on Sundays to prove my investment as a Bears fan. Yeah, I'll scream and holler at the television for half an hour, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, watch a quarter. Those emotions will rise up in me when a bad play happens. But guess what? I don't have to engage on that level. As a Bears fan, this team right now is giving you absolutely nothing to feel good about. The foundation in the future has cracked ribs. Tevin Jenkins apparently is going to just get depth looks instead of a guy that you drafted to be the left tackle of the future being the left tackle of the future because they ain't shit on the line anymore. Like these are the things where I sit back and go, why? Why, why are we doing this to ourselves? Cause please believe it. Any other team in this city move like this, we would, we wouldn't have this reaction. See, see you Sunday though. Right. Nah, man. Nah, it's foolishness going on right now. And he, you know what happens when you have coaching instability and front office instability, you can't even take care of the dudes that you need to take care of in this moment. No way in hell Roquan Smith and David Montgomery shouldn't be called to the to the negotiating table immediately. But guess what? You can't do it because you don't have that standing as a front office anymore. See what happens when you don't draft well? See what happens when your free agent signings are bust? See what happens when your coaching evaluation goes sour? It affects everything. Now, David Montgomery going into, what, his fourth year next year? Now he's going to be like, all right, I'm going to put it on for everybody. Since I didn't get it last year, oh, you couldn't you couldn't negotiate with me because Ryan Pace can't, you know, he, he doesn't have that 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 right going forward. Maybe because they're looking at it like, I don't know if you're going to be here, so why should I ha- have you hand out any new money? That's why we in a position we're in now. If I'm David Montgomery, that's y'all fault. That's y'all problem. If I'm Roquan Smith and I, I end up being an all pro and you could have hollered at me in week six, week seven, week eight, but maybe you don't have the, uh, the you don't have the goodwill of the organization to to sign big checks right now. Like these things matter. So yeah, it's gonna matter. But it's mattering right now a lot more off the field. Robert Quinn is having himself a fantastic year. Robert Quinn probably ain't gonna be back here when that that contract is done. Time to go get money elsewhere. And do you want to put that kind of money in a in a guy who's getting a little bit older? Like all these questions are barreling down and avalanching down on the Chicago Bears. Ain't got shit to do with what you saw on the field today. We've known about it for the last few weeks. Six game and five game losing streaks. That doesn't happen in the NFL. You keep your gig, but it happens here. So I'm not going to race home to watch Chicago Bears football if I don't have to. I'll watch it when I when I want to watch it. I'll watch it after my afternoon has gotten off to a decent enough start where I know there's a certain level that's going to be brought down when it comes to the Chicago Bears. So if you're still doing it, I could dig it. Shout out to my sister and my, my future brother-in-law, Brandon. He's a Cardinals fan. He went out there with my sister today, and they had a great time, right? But I uh, couldn't do it. It's a mess out there today. The Chicago Bears have not have not invested in me enough as a fan for that level of engagement going forward. It's as simple as that. So enjoy Bears fans. Enjoy. You got five more weeks of this mess. We'll be back
0: with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors.
1: This episode is brought to you by Thomas's.
0: Thomas's presents pondering the bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel, tis crunchy yet soft, tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's, huzzah, a toast to breakfast.
1: The Full goal with Jason Goff. You know, being a Bears fan right now is like, like, uh, it's one big Game of Thrones episode and you're not having none of the sex. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You just, you just walking around. There's like diphtheria. There's dysentery. Everything's dirty. I'm sure everyone smells because the hygiene was off kilter. No one's, no one's dental work is right. So everyone's breath is stinking. You might get your fucking head chopped off and you got to fight a dragon and you're not having no sex. I like, guess like, like, like the people who signed up for Game of Thrones like, man, this script is crazy. And then they keep looking for their sex scene. It's like, oh, nah, player. You just get your head chopped off after sitting in the fucking cold for two months. You know what I mean? Like, that's what being a Bears fan is like. <laughs> oh my god how many more hbo shows are we going to mention on this pod by the way and i'm still recording yeah is there anything worth
0: watching i mean that's not on hbo i don't know that's all i i mean succession sopranos sopranos every year yeah exactly curbs back curbs as good as it's ever been you
1: know i can catch a little nap all right little murder documentary on hbo you know what I mean? Yep. It is. Yeah. So yeah, you know, we 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 bounce back. We we find things to be happy about on this pod because it damn sure ain't the bears. And now I wanna take this time out, ladies and gentlemen, to uh give my you know my deepest congrats to not just the memory of one Minnie Minoso, but also the fact that the Baseball Hall of Fame understands with this golden era members and golden era committee that there are certain people who contribute to a game and contribute to uh, something that is America's pastime in a way that can't just be quantified or qualified, by the way, by, by numbers and time uh, playing a sport. Uh, Manny Minoso was, a, a, as, for me, as cool as it got when you start to learn about a team's history. Um, you know, for, for me, anytime I was asked to do a book report and this might shock people, but this you know very, very early age, I was this kid. Anytime I was asked to do a book report, I always tried to go outside of the suggested literature, right? So they, they give you this person, this person, this person, this person, you know, do a book report on this and then bring it back and present it from the class. And I always looked at that as a, uh, as a way to not just learn for myself, but like put people on, like as a kid. So when they were saying, hey, do do a book report on this person, Thurgood Marshall for me. Right. It was it was uh, Marcus Garvey. Right. It was the Harlem Renaissance, like shit that I kind of knew about, but I was like, I can learn more and I could put people on. And for me, as a I'd say more than casual baseball fan, like baseball Baseball was the, the sport that I went to because I didn't know enough and I wanted to not just humble myself, but kind of feel like, OK, there are people in this lane and in this land that I, I can soak up so much stuff from because everybody that I was around was into basketball and football. And in learning about the history of the White Sox, Minnie Minoso was like that, that perfect meeting for me as uh, a kid who would love to, to put people on, but also a kid who is proud that the franchise that he roots for uh, were pioneers in this sense. You know, he wasn't just the first black player for the Chicago White Sox franchise. He was the first Cuban player. And, you know, in the 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 African diaspora, a lot of times um, we have these conversations, but uh, a lot of people around us who aren't uh, people of color, you know, think that, okay, you hear a Dominican, you hear about, you know, um, you hear about, Colombians, you hear about Venezuelans, you hear about this, that, and the other, and you think, okay, these are different people. But when it comes down to it, you see Big Poppy, you know, Big Poppy and I have the same color skin, but we don't speak the same language. So what happened there? Right. And it makes people go back and kind of try to understand, okay, you know, but colonial, uh, colonialization and, and settlers and all that other shit and expansion. Like Minnie Minoso was a dude who, and, and in his time that I met him, was always a gentleman, right? Always a dude who one was mega classy. Always smelled good. Uh, always had a good word. He, he, he was um, he was a good spirit, seemingly. And then I think about you know four years previous to him arriving uh, at, at Bill Veck's door, ready to play for the Chicago White Sox. Jackie Robinson had just broken the color barrier. So just imagine what it is to be in the early stages of Major League Baseball, and you not only Look like the black players that people don't like and and maybe don't want in their sport and don't want at their hotels and don't want in their restaurants and have to travel separately. you not only look like those players, so we're gonna give you the same shade, but on top of it, you probably don't speak the language as well as you as as they would like, so you think players now who have trouble with the uh English language sometimes get outcasted sometimes get covered unfairly sometimes. Um, Don't get covered at all. You know, you don't find out what their personalities are because you don't speak their language. Just imagine what the tenor and the temperature was like in 1951, right? So, Minnie Minoso is not only important because of what he did on the baseball field and the baseball diamond, and, you know, some of his numbers. I mean, there's a lot of Nellie Fox and a lot of, there's some names around Minnie Minoso's comparisons where you're like, oh, shit, Minnie, this ain't just some feel good throw him in the Hall of Fame situation. Minnie could play, right? I mean, this is a dude who, who batted 299 for a career. He had a 53 A war, right? An
0: OPS of 848. He was an awesome player, Jay. He was always in the top five, top 10 in war and all of baseball in every season, like his prime years with the White Sox. And I think yeah. the only player that had a higher war in the 50s, you may have heard of him, Mickey Mantle. So right. you're talking about this type of caliber of player, you know? Yes. And if you you, you, yes. add, you add up all the hits, you know, they, they set up between all the levels that he played baseball, Negro Leagues, where he was an all-star and a world champion, Cuban League, Minor League, Mexican League, Major Leagues, over 4,000 hits he accumulated in his life in baseball. Dude. It's just amazing Dude. when you think about it.
1: He's Listen, He's he's not only... A dude you could kind of be proud of because it happened in this, you know, with the franchise that you root for. But you'd be proud of him because he was a damn good player. Like I, like it's awesome to have dudes who are like, oh yeah, but uh, some of the greats of all time have played on the team that I root for, and Minnie Minoso was that dude. And also, there's the personal touch. Um, You know, for years, years and years and years, uh, I was around Minnie Minoso's daughter and had no idea. No idea. And, and Cece, uh, better known as Cece, uh, C- Cecilia, uh, I lived in Evanston for a very long time down the street from uh, my childhood friend and the, the Solace family. The Solace family had a bunch of friends. They, they, they had the house that it was always, you know, cool to go over. You know, it was always a good vibe. Right. You know, big plus and, and, and Leslie. But man. Cecilia was always around like she was less his age, so I revered her as like an auntie kind of vibe, right? Like she was all they were always cool to me and she was always talking fast. And it was just a fun lady. Right. And, and a lady you enjoy being around. And then to find out that this is one of many Minoso's kids that I've been around my entire life and didn't know it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Right. Like so when when we talk about all-time greats or Hall of Famers, or this guy is a, you know, he's in the junior varsity of the Hall of Fame. Know that each one of these stories has a a real impact, and not just an impact on the numbers or the records, but an impact on the society around you. You you know how fucking tough you got to be to be a black Cuban player in 1951 in the city of Chicago, right, and not be jaded by it? Cause when I think of Minnie Minosa, I think of people like Bill Russell, right? Bill Russell, while winning championships in his city, couldn't stay at the hotels that the, the players that he was better than, definitively better than, couldn't stay in the same hotels with them. This dude's one of the first player coaches in NBA history, 11 time champion. And for years, all I read was White Riders talking about how angry he always was and how he treated media and how they, they, you know, there, there was a mutual disdain. Fast forward 20, 30 years, you find out Bill Russell's got one of the greatest laughs in sports history, but you never heard it. So when I think of Minnie Minoso and I think of him posthumously getting into the Hall of Fame, yeah, Hall of Fame did right. But it should have happened while he was alive because his numbers don't add up to exactly what he went through and who he was. It's as simple as that. So. Celebrate Minnie Minoso if you're a Chicago White Sox fan. Hell, if you're a Chicago sports fan, celebrate Minnie Minoso. He should have been celebrated while he was here on this earth, and his family was fighting for it, fighting for the Hall of Fame to understand how important he was, not only to baseball, but Chicago culture, to black culture, to Cuban culture, how important he was to guys like Alistair Ramirez and, and Jose Abreu and Jose Contreras. Yeah, Jose Contreras
0: Said that he was our Jackie Robinson, talking about the the Latin American shit, players. See, our Jackie Robinson, and you know, Mini Minoso, they they called him Mister White Sox, and the White Sox, we we kid about their their futile franchise history in terms of not winning a, enough World Series championships. When you look at the Yankees in comparison, you know, but you look at a, a charter franchise in the American league for someone to be known as you, this is Mr. White Sox right here. Yeah, and he carried that title proudly. Like I used to work, uh, I've told the story on some other podcasts before, but I used to work at the jewel over there on Addison and Broadway. That was right <laughs> where many lived. Right. They were like a, a very, very, you know, near Lakeshore drive. So a lot of current and former athletes lived there. They'd come in many, like you said, all class, all the time, and whenever he'd come strolling through those aisles, I would always find a reason to like see if he needed help with anything because he just wanted to be in his presence. And every time you saw him, it was like you were witnessing this is like living history right now. You just, yeah. want to look at, you know what I mean, like because you think about all the things that he had to have gone through. You know, like you know, you you, you just you, you want to be within his essence. You know that aura, yeah, that, that yeah. aura. He yeah, had like an orange glow.
1: <laughs> yeah, but
0: like you know, he walked around. Me, yeah, you walk around like you know, you know. My, my mother worked there as well. You'd be like, oh, hello, how are you, doll? You know what I mean? Just a classic. Oh, yeah. You oh, know? you already
1: know the box. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, oh, you
0: already a big, big Joe Name Namath energy. Had you know? Cadillac, you know, the Minoso 9 Cadillac. You know what I mean? Like, he, he was just the coolest dude on earth. And, you know, a, a guy who, like you said, should have been a long time ago. And I and I, and I I don't like when, you know, it. the story becomes about that, you know, because, you know, right. thankfully Buck O'Neal got in as, as well, finally. Yes, a lot of guys finally getting their due. But I think ultimately, above all, this is something I think White Sox fans can be happy about because this is someone who you truly wanted. Uh, representing your franchise and he did so for many years always there you know bridging the gap with with, with the Cuban players that were coming in like you mentioned Alise Jose Abreu when he first came in Contreras mm-hmm. all those guys the, the first thing they did off, often when Minnie was around is make a beeline to go meet Minnie and Minnie would would integrate them in White Sox culture and make them feel like they were at home as part of a family you know and that that's the stuff that you see the Cuban tradition with the White Sox players now Yoan Moncada Grandal like they all still talk about about Minnie Minoso as one of the all-time greats. So for him to finally get his due, you know, I I haven't had the urge to go back to Cooperstown. I was there in 2014 when Big Frank got inducted, but to see Minnie's plaque, that's something that I'm going to have to go back and see because this is a guy that was truly deserving and and carried the the prestige of a Hall of Famer everywhere he went. So I'm so happy for him and his family.
1: Yes, sir. And it's the, the only White Sox jersey that I own. It's the only White Sox jersey that I've ever owned. And Minnie Minoso had a chance to sign it before he passed away. And I still wear it. I I, I don't even worry about framing it because guess what? It, I feel like I, I'm all, I got it. I got many with me every time I go somewhere. Anytime I go to a Sox game, I got the number nine on. Some people recognize. You already know. Yeah. Chris is short. Got, got the baseball card. Keep yeah. him and
0: Farmio here at the desk with me whenever we're, we're doing these shows, hey, you know, because protected by the Sox yeah. the, the <laughs> Angels, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Ed Farmer too. Right. But Man, like it's, it sometimes it's just cool moments, right? And then there's moments that are cool, but they should come with a little bit of gravity. And I think this one is one of those moments where it's cool, but you should understand who Minnie Minoso was. If you're a baseball fan, if you're a fan of this city, hell, if you're a fan of, of, of this thing being the melting pot that we claim it to be, right? Like people come here for opportunity. I know my parents did. I, I know my grandparents did. So that part of it as well, um, having, having a foreign background and understanding what happens when people stow away on ships, what happens to them if they make it, some that don't make it, those kinds of things. So yeah, shout out to Mini Minoso, shout out to his family, or I should say better yet and to make it as formal as I possibly can. Uh, congratulations to Santernino Orestes Armas Minoso Arieta, also known as the Cuban Comet, and better known as Mr. White Sox. Congratulations, sir. Hey, it's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff.
0: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal.
1: Five well, flies in with a two-handed slam dunk.
0: Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original.
1: I don't even know why we're doing countdown. I'm going to not do a countdown ever again. I'm just going to jump right in there because now I get to talk about something that I actually enjoy, which is watching the Bulls, y'all. You know? Like, every game shows me a little bit something. A little bit of something that I didn't know was there. You go into a game where Javante Green and Alex Caruso are limited and out. Javante Green, I hope he gets better. COVID-19 is around. Uh, news flash to a lot of people. And uh, what's the... uh? What's the new variant? Omarion? What's the, <laughs> what's, the, what's the name of the new variant? Is it <laughs> Omari Hardwick? <laughs> Omarion? Is, oh, is it Omarion? It's no, it's Omicron. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, Comic-Con. If you out here running around and think that the Comic-Con ain't coming for your ass, please believe it is. All right? You got these dudes who are getting tested every single day. They're flying three or four times a week, getting tested at the airport, getting tested when they land. I mean, they are under strict testing and they are running into the side of the times and, and the times that we're living in, right? Because Javante Green is a dude who can't afford to miss any time, but what he can less afford is to have any ill effects of this awful, awful disease that we're all, or virus, I should say, that we're all uh, dealing with right now. So you go into a Brooklyn Nets game where you know Javante Green is going to get minutes on Kevin Durant. He's going to get minutes on James Harden. Alex Caruso's got a right hamstring strain that allows him to play eight, nine minutes or something like that. And then he's gone for the second half. And hamstring strains, by the way, for a dude who plays the way Alex Caruso does, yeah, this, you know, the Bulls got some issues. They got some issues coming up here. But what they have been up until this point, there's only so much you can say about DeMar DeRozan. He's been outstanding. He's been outstanding. There's been a few uh, late game situations where it's like, OK, they're trying to figure out who's going to take the last shot. And, they, you know, that's that's to be expected. But DeMar DeRozan, if anybody expected DeMar DeRozan to come in here and score 27 points a game at this juncture in the season, like maybe have a hot week, hot two weeks. No, we're, we're 24 games in and DeMar DeRozan is playing at not just an all star level, but an MVP level. Zach Levine with DeMar DeRozan and with a new ball handler to his, his left in, in, in Lonzo Ball, with a new backcourt mate defensively in Alex Caruso, right? With a full season going into it before COVID hit him and Nikola Vucevic. Like, Zach, his numbers are only a tick lower than his numbers last year without those guys. So it just shows you how efficiently he played last year. It wasn't just because he was the only person on the court. This thing, hey... I'm telling you now, Bulls fans, there's going to be a juncture here and hopefully they can get through it because they still need a backup big who can give them any kind of minutes, right? There's the Marvin Bagley talk, but what are you going to give up? And that's where the Bulls find themselves. This is an ode for me to Mark Eversley and Arturis Karnaschovas because in two short years, you have seen what a front office with a plan, a clear-cut plan, Whether whether the plan doesn't work or not, there's no mealy mouth in this plan. It's not, not, you know, ham-handed. It's not not being handled clumsily. They they have distinct directives. First year, find out who the hell is on this team. All right, thank y'all for telling me who's on this team. Everybody gone besides Kobe White and Zach Levine. That's what happened here. I don't think Bulls fans really grasp the, the, the special nature of remaking a basketball team and then sitting a quarter of the season at the top of the Eastern Conference. They're a half game below the Brooklyn Nets who have an all-time generational talent in Kevin Durant and a former MVP and scoring champion in James Harden and a multiple-time All-Star in LaMarcus Aldridge and Steve Nash as the head coach, which I don't know if that is to the detriment or on the positive side, right? But this, this is an ode to these dudes, man. Because for years, and I could get petty here, but I won't. But for years, it wasn't that. It wasn't clear-cut. It wasn't definitive. It was mealy-mouthed. It was angry and terse. And now it's not. Now it's just basketball dudes doing basketball things. They can swing and miss all they want, but there's a plan in place. There's a plan. When everybody was decrying the fit, And all this other stuff when everybody's talking about, hey, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. and those draft picks, that's a lot to give up for Vooch. It is a lot to give up. Guess what? These two dudes was like, yo, this Eastern Conference might be for the taking here soon. I don't know if y'all looking around, and I don't want to get out over my skis here, but why shouldn't Bulls fans feel the way Phoenix Suns fans felt last year? Tell me why. Rolling into the playoffs, Phoenix Suns, of course, Chris Paul, generational leader, one of the greatest point guards of all time. He put a lot of young dudes over the hump. Devin Booker, all of a sudden, people who really weren't into hoop like that noticed Devin Booker and how special he was. DeAndre Ayton took that next step. Mikhail Bridges is a terrific player. And I'm not saying it's all because of Chris Paul, but sometimes there's an igniter. You drop, you drop the truth in the locker room and you find out. Sometimes it's the bad truth. Sometimes it's the good truth. John Rondo is one of those players. You drop his ass in the locker room, you're going to find out what you got. Jamar DeRozan has become the truth teller for this locker room. And guess what you found out you got, Bulls fans? A bunch of tough ass dudes. Lonzo Ball was three for 16 before he hit the game dagger three pointer against the Brooklyn Nets in the corner. Three for 16 in his last two games. He fired that bitch up, though, right? Like, there's some tough dudes on this squad. And like I said, I don't, don't want to throw the championship shit out there, but man, he's. <laughs> The Phoenix Suns didn't know they were going to end up in the championship round against the Milwaukee Bucks. It just happened. Then they ran into another generational talent and lost in game seven, mind you, with Chris Paul injured. Anything could happen in this NBA these days. LeBron James ain't LeBron James anymore. What he's busy doing is is worrying about how it looks to the people who are anti-vax who still hold him down by still doubting and, and, and espousing some of these Fairy tale, urban legend, myths that go along with the vaccine. Uh, this man did, did. Did I read this right? That LeBron James said he, you know, he didn't know what the problem was because he 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 didn't have any of the symptoms. They should have just let him rock. Wait, wait, what? Have you not been reading everything about this virus? There's a lot of people who are walking around that don't have any of the symptoms who have the virus. But I digress. Nah, this is what it is. Bulls fans, get in tune because it can go left here soon. Right? This season's going to have dips and and dives and turns and valleys and peaks. They are shorthanded. They go in and play the Brooklyn Nets and win. Brooklyn Nets got some issues, but that's still the Brooklyn Nets. That's still the best team record-wise in the Eastern Conference. They beat the New York Knicks. They swept New York. That means something in these Eastern Conference when you haven't had the guys together long enough to have any kind of battle-tested championship or playoff experience. These dudes are getting that on a nightly basis. They're, these are playoff-like games on a nightly basis. So when you say the regular season doesn't matter, I say that's BS. Because in this instance, it may not matter to teams who think they could just flip the switch, but show me those teams right now. If you're not watching the NBA right now, there's a lot of fun going on. The Clippers and the Lakers were supposed to do it last year. All of a sudden, the Phoenix Suns jump up and bit everybody. Not saying that the the Bucs and the Nets won't be there in the end. All I'm saying is, the Chicago Bulls got a team that could jump up and bite anybody. And if you're a Bulls fan, that's all you've been asking for. Yeah, you can get the championship success and sustained success and all the catchphrases and buzzwords that we like to throw around like we've been winning shit in this city for years. We haven't. You had a, had a, a, a dynastic burst of eight years, and other than that, it's been one-offs and a whole bunch of fucking misery. So stop talking to me about what sustained success is. We ain't seen it. Yeah, we know what to talk about it and, and how it should feel and, and what it's going to look like when you do get an architect, but there's been about two or three of those. Other than that, it has been misery. So you can enjoy. You can enjoy levels, right? And I don't want really to sound all hacky, but you're right. It's the journey. It's the process. I have fun watching this team play basketball every single night. Two years ago, that wasn't the case. This team is, is really, really good. I'm not going to say special yet. This team is really, really good. And do I think they can beat the Brooklyn Nets in a seven-game series? Probably not. Do I think they, they can beat the Milwaukee Bucks in a seven-game series? Probably not. But would I be surprised if they did? No, I wouldn't be surprised. And that's a really, really really awesome place to be in, as opposed to what has been surprising you over the last two years, which is an ineptitude and attitude and ridiculousness and posturing as if you should be granted some kind of respect other than what your results belie. No, that's not what this front office does. So shout out to Mark Eversley and shout out to Artur Ishkarnashovist for keeping it pushing, executing the plan and delivering a quality product to a fan base that has been waiting for it for a little bit. It's the Full Goal Minute! I want to thank you once again for listening to episode 38 of the Full Go Podcast. And again, again, can't be said enough. Congratulations to the nine-time AL All-Star, two-time Negro League All-Star, three-time Gold Glover, and 4,000 hits combined in the Negro Leagues, minor Leagues, and Cuban and Mexican Leagues. Of course, Major League Baseball, the great Mini Minoso. Uh, We'll be back Tuesday night with all the latest out of Hallis Hall. Plus, we'll recap Bulls and Nuggets and preview Wednesday's matchup with the Cavs. I don't know if y'all been watching the Cavs out here, but they're a fun squad. Darius Garland, Jared Allen might be most improved player of the year. It's very early for that, but, you know, and Evan Mobley is going to be terrific. So we're going to talk a lot about that. We've also got a special treat if you're a fan of stand-up comedy arlington heights native and one of the top comedians in the entire world and that's not hyperbole because you could just go and look up how much this man tours and how much he makes poor poor tour sebastian manic sorry three two one Sebastian Maniscalco will join us on Tuesday. Sebastian is doing two shows at the UC next weekend. Tickets available now. Plus next week, we'll talk to the legendary Ninth Wonder. Ladies and gentlemen, he's produced records for Jay-Z, De La Soul, Sean Price, KRS-One, Kendrick Lamar, of course, West Side Gun, and The Great Rhapsody, and Anderson Pack, just to name a few. So looking forward to our chat with the great Ninth Wonder. Don't forget to hit us up on the voicemail line. 773-359-3103 is the phone number. 773 773- three five nine three one zero three and as always thank you to our producers jesse lopez steve cerruti and my main man christopher Tannehill. ah tanny it's always good to see your smiling face on a sunday especially when we're not taking the bears too damn seriously so thank you once again for listening to the podcast thank you for sharing it thank you for downloading thank you for subscribing and doing all the crazy things that you do make sure that you are reviewing it and telling people that you love it because we appreciate every time you click on the Full Go Podcast. This has been the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer. As always, Spotify is the gang. Make sure you guys out there are being as safe as you possibly can. And as always, take care of each other.